Do you ever catch yourself wishing you didn't have to stay positive? Or maybe you've been working on keeping a positive mindset for years, but it still feels like a daily battle sometimes. Having a chronic illness means you're being told to stay positive all the time. And let's be honest, it's exhausting. Because pushing ourselves to stay positive is not actually positive. There's a much easier way to get a strong, positive mindset and all of the feel-good perks that come with it without the pressure of looking on the bright side. Check out my free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset. In it, I give the straight scoop on strategies that work and common strategies that are a waste of time and energy. Go to andreahansencoaching.com now or use the link in this podcast description and get your free resource, The No BS Guide to a Positive Mindset, today. You're listening to the Health Mindset Podcast, Episode 5. Welcome to the Health Mindset Podcast, where your mindset gets results. You know you want better health. You know you want to take action. Learn how to stop sabotaging your progress so you can achieve the level of health you've always wanted for your life. Now, here's your host, Master Certified Coach and Author, Andrea Hansen. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you. Today, we're talking about something really fun. We're talking about energy. Now, look, you don't have to think about energy as being woo-woo, right? Unless you want to see it that way, which I'm totally cool with. But either way you look at it, energy is real. We all give off energy all day long. How do you notice if somebody is having a good day or a bad day without them even saying a word, without them even looking at you? How do you notice this? And have you ever had someone ask you if you're okay when you haven't told them anything about your situation? Like you could be feeling totally fine and then someone's like, are you okay? The reason why we feel these things from other people and other people feel these things from us is because of our energy. And sure, we have emotions, and emotions play into how we physically act sometimes. It can play into if we're slouching or sitting up straight or crying or laughing. But what I want to do is go a little bit deeper than just our emotions today. I want to talk about energy and how it can help you and how it can hurt you and why learning to switch just your energy can be really beneficial to your health. And at the end today, I'm gonna tell you how to alternate your energy and see which type you're using the most and how to switch it around to benefit you more. A few months ago, we made the move from DFW to a really small valley high up in the Rockies. Now, Dallas isn't New York, but it's still a big metropolitan city. Do not be thrown off by all of those Texas stereotypes that you see in, uh, especially on TV, right? The drawl and the cowboy boots and the, the cowboy hat thing. Dallas is a relatively fast-paced city. And for me, having a personality that can skew towards the impatience, I thrived off of that part of the city's personality. I thrived off of that fast-paced Uh, environment. And when I worked in finance, my job was to work with people who were fast paced and impatient and short and excessively to the point. (laughs) And when we moved to a small valley in Colorado, it was totally different. It was mountain living at 
honestly at its best, but it was it's a lot slower paced here. People savor life more. They savor their surroundings because you're just surrounded by beauty all day long. Yet people are dependable. It's not that they're not dependable, but they're in no hurry here. And so when I first moved here, I felt my my energy, which was like get to it kind of energy, just crash head on. And the difference between my energy and the energy in my new town was totally different. It was palpable. It was so different. And it was instantly clear to me that my Dallas energy was not going to work here at all. My energy was mostly assertive. And the energy of this new town is mostly receptive. And it took me a few months to match that energy, that receptive energy, but I really welcomed it with open arms. I knew it was going to be a switch and a switch that I wanted to do. Learning how to switch out of that assertive energy was the best thing that I have done for myself. And I'm going to tell you why and how understanding this receptive energy can benefit you. And at the end of this podcast, what I'm going to do is show you how you can gauge your own energy and learn how to use receptive energy a lot more deliberately and know when you're in assertive energy and how to tell when maybe it's not working. We all have different energy. You can feel other people's energy quite easily. It's that gut feeling that you have about something when it's not really right. What you're doing is you're reading the energy off the situation. And my hunch is you already know when you feel a strong energy from other people Energy is really closely related to emotions. Like we definitely have an emotional energy, but what I want to talk about today goes a little bit beyond that because our emotions are very specific and with practice, you can allow them to pass very quickly without anyone really picking up on what emotion you're allowing. I see energy as being a bit more pervasive It's what you're cloaked in, what you project into your surroundings, sometimes without you even knowing it. So you can feel the emotion of being afraid, but you can still project a calm energy. So they're a little bit different. And controlling your energy takes focus and an understanding of what your energy is at any given moment. It's a big topic, your energy. And what I'm going to do today is talk about two specific types of energy, the assertive energy and the receptive energy. Both are really helpful but one is a lot better than the other when it comes to staying in that health mode, staying in that health mindset. The best way I know how to show you how assertive and receptive energy feels is through this idea of the type A and the type B personalities. And I'm sure you've heard of this. The type A personality is more aggressive. There's more drive, more competitive spirit, a little bit more impatient. There's a little bit more of that need for control. Type A personalities have also been linked to stress-related illnesses, chronic illnesses. They've all been associated with type A personality characteristics. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that because it's super important in a bit. But first, that's kind of the stereotype of what the type A personality is. Type B personality is basically the other side of the coin. You're a little bit more laid back. You're not really that competitive, more easygoing, more cooperative. The history of these personalities, I think, is really interesting. And what I want to do first is I want to dive in a bit because people still put a lot of stock in this theory. 
and it's pretty much been debunked. So I'm going to be using these things as examples, but I want you to know that this is not necessarily science. This theory actually was developed by two cardiologists way back in the 70s. What they did was they first noticed that all of their patients had these personality traits in common. And so they looked really closely at them and they developed this type of person, this type A. What they did was just run a longitudinal study on males, because it was the 70s, (laughs) and they found that this type A person was more likely to have heart problems, which is what they were thinking was was what was going on. And now we all learned in college, so I'm sure you can repeat with me, correlation does not equal causation. And that's exactly what later research found. They tried the same research in women, and they didn't find the same results. They found that a lot of the outcome depended on not necessarily personality types, but how people dealt with stress, which is really important to note. And they started to see that this type A could be more like a type B when they learned to deal with stress in a better way. And that would change these results. So you're not really a type A or a type B. You're not really one or the other. Sometimes you go in between. So this whole idea of type A and type B has kind of faded away. It's not really that scientific. So I'm not promoting this as a scientific fact. But this theory has been ingrained in pop culture. You probably already align yourself with being type A or type B. So I want to use that as an example and help you Uh, Think about it in terms of energy. So think about when your type A personality comes out. Maybe when you're calling customer service. (laughs) That's always when my type A personality comes out. You're calling customer service and you don't feel like you're getting the answers that you need, especially in the time frame that you want them in. When you have to keep repeating representative, representative, and you can't get a person on the phone. That's when a type A personality can tend to come out. So think about those moments. Think about when your type A personality comes out. What do you feel like in this moment when you're on the phone and you're just trying to get an answer? Probably you feel anxious. If you're like me, you feel annoyed. Think about how your body feels. How do your muscles feel? You're probably tensed up a little bit probably doing things like shaking your head or moving your hands around frantically. Think about how you speak, how you communicate. It could be that you're a little bit more curt, right? And you might be trying really hard to be nice, but you're white knuckling that nice. And you probably feel just surrounded in that feeling of frustration or something like it in that moment. And when you're feeling this, this is your assertive energy, It's tense, it's short, it's impatient, it's aggressive. Now I want to think about it, I want you to think about a time when you were talking to customer service and you decided to stay calm. You decided to channel that type B personality in that moment, right? It's the whole get more flies with honey theory, which works by the way, right? But what do you do? You probably take deeper breaths. You probably felt a little bit more calm. You probably, Probably you tried to project that calm to the other person. So they respond to you and they feel calm as well. This is a very different experience. With this type B energy, you talk to each other like humans. You listen, you get things done. This is the receptive energy. 
The thing with energy is you display it even when you're listening and not talking. Energy is really, really powerful. If you've ever been around someone who's pretty prolific, you feel like you're being pushed back because of their energy, because their energy feels so forceful. I remember when I first met Martha Beck, who was my first mentor and who taught me a lot of what I know about coaching. She had to just walk in the room and you would just feel it. It was it was almost physical. And I imagine people like Oprah or Tony Robbins um, being the same way, where you can just feel their energy. Your energy affects the people around you. It affects your relationships. It affects how you give and you receive communication in the world. And it also affects how you give and receive communication with yourself. And this is physical, emotional, and spiritual levels that we're talking about. When your energy is too assertive, you miss subtle interactions and subtle cues. Because when you're more assertive, you're more focused on what you need, which is not bad. I am not saying that assertive energy is bad. There are moments when we need to be more assertive. There are moments where we need to be bold and confident and speak out. These are all very good things. However, there's a difference between being assertive and having assertive energy. Being assertive in a specific situation can get you what you need, but having an overall assertive energy creates an overall feeling of simply getting what you want, regardless of the situation. A more receptive energy allows you to take in those subtle interactions and cues, right? You're not so focused on what you need, but on the information that is coming to you. Like when you want to go shopping, this is such a good example. And I think both men and women can can agree on this. If you want to go shopping and you have something very specific in mind, like a very specific shoe, it is so hard to find it because nothing is really going to fit the bill and you're going to dismiss things really easily. But if you go shopping with the type of shoe in mind, but not necessarily exactly what you want it to look for, you're going to find four or five different options that are all going to work great with you. It's the same type of thing with receptive energy. You have more of an ability to read the situation without your emotions getting in the way. So you can think more clearly. You can think more calmly. You don't get more ad- any, you don't get agitated as quickly, which means you see so many more opportunities that are coming to you. The most surprising thing that I have noticed since I made the effort to stay in this receptive energy is I have fuller conversations with people. I walk away with so much more knowledge than I had before. And this is either knowledge that helps me directly or just knowledge about the other person because we've communicated on a much deeper level. I like to think of assertive energy as more of a bull in a china shop, which sometimes you need. <laughs> sometimes you need to tear that china shop, that china shop down. But receptive energy is more like riding the waves on the ocean. When I approached my MS diagnosis, I first had a very type A energy. I wanted to get it done. I wanted to get as healthy as I could. I wanted to try all these different options and do all these different changes. And my body's reaction to my MS wasn't really flowing towards that healing that I had wanted. I had a lot of stops and starts. I was really frustrated. I had a lot of relapses. And I didn't understand what was going on and why my body wasn't responding because I wanted health and I was doing everything I could. The good thing about having a disease is that you know very quickly where previously hidden problems are. That's actually the plus side. And that is a metaphor that can be applied to a lot of things in life. 
Your body lets you know in no uncertain terms when something is wrong. My body was relapsing with MS issues a lot, and I kept telling my body what I wanted it to do. I wanted it to heal. I mean, who wouldn't? But what I was doing wasn't working because my approach, my energy was not helpful. So when I corrected my energy to be a little bit more receptive, I could hear what my body needed and I could respond. And that's when my relapses slowed way down and my body began to heal itself. I was no longer telling my body what I wanted it to do. I was listening to my body tell me what it needed. And I had to switch my energy in order to do this. And they say how you do one thing is how you do everything. I'm actually not so sure about that. I don't really agree with that because I learned this same lesson about noticing and changing my energy again and again and again in different areas, including recently when I moved, right? My energy was very very receptive with my MS, but more assertive when it came to things like weight loss or business, for sure. Or when I phoned, when I formed my own company, when I wrote my books, I was still using that assertive energy. Each time I had to learn the lesson of what energy I was relying on and how to change it. So the communication and that creativity and the openness really flowed. So let's look at how this receptive energy plays into your health and mindset going forward. First, receptive energy is the quickest way to get out of that feeling of frustration. Often we feel frustration, especially in our health, because we want something that we don't necessarily feel like we're getting, right? That is the quickest way to feeling feeling frustrated. And receptive energy is what helps you get whatever that is that you want, right? It helps you understand way more about what your body is telling you and how you can fulfill your own needs. Receptive energy also allows you to hear more. It allows you to take in more knowledge and have more creativity to actually apply that knowledge in ways that you didn't even realize were going to help you. And practicing receptive energy in turn influences how you emotionally feel. You feel less frustration. You feel less anxiety. And this is a really important byproduct. You feel less stress. Remember that type A and type B personality theory? It might be debunked, but what scientists do know is that stress is linked to cardiac disease and inflammation in the body and things like stroke. For a lot of people living with chronic diseases like I am, decreasing inflammation in your body is top priority. And even if you don't have a chronic illness, you really don't want inflammation in your body. That's what leads to things like weight gain and and more dysfunction. Applying this receptive energy in as many areas of your life is hugely beneficial. And I can't wait for you to feel the difference when you start applying it in different areas of your life. Check out this episode's show notes for great articles about type A and B personalities, its origin, and the limitations. And then also what I've posted is that new study that points towards the amygdala, which is that part of our brain that deals with the stress emotions and how it affects your health. You can find the show notes at www.andreahansencoaching.com slash HMP005. Okay, so here's what I want you to try this week. I want you to try looking at what assertive and receptive energy feels like for you. 
I want you to begin to identify what energy you're giving off most of the time and think about when you're in these different modes. So first think about when you're in that get it done mode. When you want something quickly, maybe when you're running late, I want you to take a minute to feel your energy. What does it feel like physically in your body? Maybe you feel a little bit tense, rushed. Maybe you feel your adrenaline spike and your heart rate go up. What does it feel like when you're communicating with somebody else when you're in this mode? Does it feel forced? Does it feel closed off? Do you feel like maybe you have a one-track mind and you just want this one thing answered? Now I want you to think about when you're being more receptive, like when you're talking to somebody that you find fascinating or when you're listening to somebody's really interesting story, when they're their personal story, a lot of times we're in a more receptive energy in these moments. Notice how your body feels in that moment. Does it feel more relaxed? Does it feel less tense? What does the energy feel like around you? How are you communicating with that person? Are you listening more? then you're talking. When you're noticing these two types of energy, I want you to ask yourself, which one feels easier to you? Which one feels more simple? Because the one that feels easier to you is most likely the one that you're living in most of the time. Now, this is a really easy exercise that can be done anywhere when you notice your energy, and it's going to help you make that switch into a more productive, receptive energy when you need it. Hey, would you do me a favor? Will you share this podcast on your social media and with all your friends? It is already getting amazing buzz, but the Health Mindset Podcast is still brand new, and it would be fantastic if you let your people know that it's helping you. I would be truly grateful. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more good stuff on how you can stop striving and start achieving your healthy, beautiful life. Until next time, take care.